Hello and welcome once again to another episode of Fikava Vetchat. This time it's actually an emergency edition of Fikava Vetchat. As by now probably most of you will know, uh, the use of antimicrobials for veterinary surgeons in Europe is under threat. Um, it is so that we are facing a situation where we might lose because of a forthcoming decision in the European Parliament, the access to a range of or nearly all of the antibiotics we are using on a day-to-day -day basis in companion animal veterinary medicine. To discuss this issue further, I have the great pleasure to welcome the general manager of the BPT, the organization of practicing veterinary surgeons in Germany to this episode of Fekava Vetchat to discuss what is currently going on, what would be the impact if the uh, legislation is um, not passed in the way it is supposed to, and also what would be the long-term consequences for veterinary surgeons in all over Europe. So, hello and welcome to Heiko Ferber. Hi, Heiko. Hi, Wolfgang. Good to Thank be you here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for talking to me to recover VetChat. Um, normally, it probably would be easier for us to speak in German, but as mm -hmm. Obviously, it's an international issue. Let's stick uh, to English and try to prove our best in, uh, in, in English. I'm pretty sure we can get along. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's try. <laughs> so, as I said, um, you are the general manager of the BPT. Um, the president of the BT, uh, BPT uh, is Siegfried Moder. Um, uh, Siegfried is a veterinary surgeon, uh, you are an economist, um, you are not a veterinary surgeon. So we should possibly say that in advance, um, especially if we talk about uh, clinical issues. Nevertheless, you do, you, you represent the BT, uh, BPT for, for many years, so certain things you might actually by now know better than a lot of veterinary <laughs> surgeons. I would yeah. Good. So let's let's talk about the issue and please correct me um, if if I'm wrong because at the end of the day I mean I'm also just a first opinion practitioner I'm not a specialist in this field so um, it takes people like you uh, sometimes to to explain these matters in more detail to uh, uh, to us the the issue is sort of there is the uh, Veterinary Medicines Regulation 2019-6, which is due to be passed um, and become law in January of next year. This regulation includes also the use of antimicrobials and defines it. Um, there is an advisory committee the ENVI, so that is the um, Committee on the Environment, Public Health, and also on Food Safety. This committee, as far as I understood it, is uh, predominantly 
has members with a background in the human medical field and also people who are very concerned about the environment. This committee was advising the European Parliament um, to um, go against or uh, to oppose a delegate act to that was worked out by the European Medicines Agency and also the Federation of Veterinarians in Europe that had an evidence-based approach to the use of critically um, important antibiotics. So the suggestion was to use these antibiotics only in exceptional circumstances and ideally also to, to test before you use critically important antibiotics. The ENVI committee now would like to have a far stricter approach to it and uh, they suggest that a lot of antimicrobials, so that would include fluoroquinolins, certain fourth generation cephalosporins, um, polymyxine, um, uh, uh, cholestine, that all these antibiotics would be banned for the use by antibiotics, regardless of the species, so for farming animals and also for, um, uh, uh, for pets and for horses, with a caveat that in exceptional circumstances you might be able to use these antibiotics which we use very occasionally and very carefully these days um, but only after you have asked for an exception only after antibiotic testing only after uh, explaining and uh, showing that everything else has been done so it's a very labor process, which in practical terms for veterinary surgeons would mean we would virtually no longer have access to these drugs at all. Is that, I don't know, is this summary that I gave, do you agree with that or did I get something wrong? Yeah, I totally agree with that, Wolfgang. Um, um, and I just would like to to emphasize perhaps some 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 points just to show um, how, let's say, a little unbelievable all this is. Um, just just for your background, uh, the medicine regulation that comes into force in January next year, as you said, um, was discussed for eight years. It was discussed from 2011 until 2019. So eight years of discussion, of hard discussion, of controversial discussion, first with the commission on a very scientific basis, I must say. I followed the process from the beginning on. Uh, and in the end, a very detailed uh, discussion also with the European Parliament. We had about... Um, there were about 2000 amendments for that uh, regulation uh, coming up in the parliament that were discussed. So there was a very intensive process already going on in the parliament to this, um, to this uh, legislation. 
And uh, then we had a trilogue and um, um, it was a, a really, really hard trilogue uh, between the Commission, between the Parliament and between the Member States. So in the end, they agreed on this very complicated regulation we have now put in force next year. Um, and within that regulation, there is a uh, um, there is uh, um, something written for the Commission that they should uh, draft a delegated act because uh, they were very much aware that it could make sense because of the resistance situation we have in Europe, uh, that it could make sense to put some of the antimicrobials on a list and forbid it for veterinary medicine because of the critical resistance situation in human medicine. So that's the idea behind. And what did the Commission do? Again, there was a two-year discussion process going on with the advice of all the top agencies the European Union has, uh, namely the European Medicines Agency, namely the European Food Safety Authority, EFSA, namely the European Center of Disease Control, namely the OIE, and also there was a discussion process with the WHO, with the World Health Organization. So we had really all the big players in that game on uh, how, how, how can we measure antibiotic resistance and how, how can we fight it. They were all coming together discussing in two years. And at the end, the EMA drafted that delegated act and gave it to the commission and the Commission now brought it in the process. Mm. And not only the Commission agreed on that delegated act, also 27 member states already agreed on that delegated act. And then it was put forward because uh, it is in the medicine reg regulation that also the Parliament has to agree to that delegated act. And uh, this means um, if they don't agree, the delegated act cannot put into force. So, um, and now um, um, we have a very new situation because um, everybody who was not really happy with the outcome of the legislation in 2019, especially all those who wanted to have stricter regulation on antibiotics, they come up again now when we are discussing now this delegated act and uh, they want to reach the same goals than they wanted to reach two years ago. Um, but, um, and, and well, and now there was uh, the rapporteur of the ENVI, as you said, the Environmental Committee of the European Parliament. There it is, the, the motion, there was, a, a, there was, there is the, that's the, um, uh, the, the, the committee where the, the opinion of the Parliament is first discussed. And they drafted a motion now saying, uh, well, we are not satisfied with what the EMA did um, and we would like to have stricter rules. So, um, and um, again, it was an eight year discussion process before, then we have another two years and now they are coming up and saying, now we want to have stricter um, rules. And I think one, one important aspect um, I have to say um, is uh, that we, um, that 
in this report, the EMA was very carefully looking on the resistance situation we have currently in Europe. So it's not only uh, like um, um, uh, what 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 makes sense, but also they were scientifically looking in the, into the details, uh, saying, is there any reason to take away any antibiotics for veterinary medicine because it causes problems in human medicine? And the answer they gave to us was no, there is no problem at the moment. But the delegated act is a very flexible act. Um, so uh, it is all the time possible for the EMA to say, well, we are all, because we are collecting with a new legislation, we are co collecting a lot of data. And we are always in a situation, if something gets worse within human medicine, we could also, um, 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 well, we could Limit also always redraft uh, the, the delegated act and put some, some uh, substances on the list. So um, what I want to say is we have not only a very scientific-based um, proposal from the European Commission and the EMA, but we held, have also a very flexible instrument. Flexible one. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so uh, this, is, this has all options are possible. And now the committee is coming saying, well, this is not strict enough for us. And what they did is something, they said, um, we, we, we don't care about what the uh, resistance situation is. They say, we want to have the list of WHO on the highest critically important antibiotics put in place because we have to kind it's a kind of a of a of a, uh, a prohibited behavior like um, um, we, we we want to uh, we want to uh, protect human health uh, um, in that way that uh, the veterinary medicine is not allowed to use certain substances beforehand so uh, and 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 we have a totally other, uh, uh, totally other approach, but the approach that uh, is chosen by the parliament does not really fit to the basic regulation to the 2019-6. So um, this is in legal terms. What the parliament now wants is not really, um, how do you say, it, it, it's, it's not um, congruent, it's, uh, it, it doesn't uh, work with each other. So yeah. and, and 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 I mean it 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 strikes me as if um, there is no understanding what already has been done within the veterinary profession to reduce the uh, the use of antimicrobials and also to limit the use of critically. Uh, important antimicrobials. Mm. I mean, to start with, I mean, the, uh, uh, the use of antimicrobials within Europe has been, uh, over the last 10 years, has been dropped considerably. Um, I think I saw the figures of 34, 35% over the last 10 years within Europe. I don't know in, in uh, what's the situation in Germany. I think it's even higher. 60, 60. Yes. Yeah. Overall, all overall substances. Not I mean, only, and then also the critically important ones. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm I'm a companion animal practitioner. I mean, if I reach for a flor a fluoroquinoline, for example, which happens very very rarely, 
it's usually so that I do an uh, uh, antibiotic and antimicrobial uh, testing first to see in how far these medications are appropriate and in how far they will work. Otherwise, I don't tend to touch these drugs. In many countries, this by now is already the law hmm, to do that. Hmm. Um, uh, and then, I mean, organizations like ours, FICAVA, has come out years ago already with lists of the uh, responsible use of antimicrobials. We have highlighted what sort of antibiotics should be used in what circumstances and when not to use them. And a lot of pet owners that come to companion animal practices these days find that vets uh, refuse using antibiotics full stop because there are so many conditions which can be treated absolutely fine without antimicrobials. It's not so that we that, that we use antimicrobials on, on every patient that we see. It's, this is long, long gone. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I have to say, it strikes me as, uh, as uh, being not really in tune in what is going on these days in veterinary medicine. It's but, also... Uh, but Wolfgang, just yeah. to mention yeah. and, and to underline what you said, uh, but I think uh, exactly that is, uh, I, I don't think in the end it does not uh, really, um, it's, it's not because the veterinary medicine did, did nothing, it's because uh, uh, of two other aspects, I think. The first aspect is we have, um, well, uh, some political parties in Europe um, who think that, um, um, reducing antimicrobial uh, tonnage is uh, is necessary. I don't know uh, because of uh, reasons of reducing animal uh, antimicrobial resistance, but uh, um, um, new reports show uh, that there is not automatically a link between the two, reducing tonnage and reducing antibiotic resistance. And the other thing is that we have a lot of pressure from the human medicine. I think it's not because, uh, and, and that is mainly because they want to, um, to remove responsibility from their own side to the other side. You know, they want to, to, to they, they are playing the blame game a little bit um, at, that, at, at that stage. And uh, that is really causing the problems we have. I don't think it's because we did not enough in the last years. It's because others are a little bit blaming us for their own uh, failures. Yeah, I think, I mean, figures show, I think, that that uh, antimicrobial resistance caused by the use in veterinary medicine is less than 5% of, uh, uh, of all cases. The far bigger issue are, for example, uh, resistant bacteria which are in hospitals, for example, caused due to poor hygiene in hospitals, for example, or due to the inappropriate use in human patients when antibiotics shouldn't be used. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, okay, one, one can discuss this. I mean, I, this is actually the, the, the document that um, 
uh, that was uh, uh, then brought out by the Envy Committee. Um, the, uh, it, 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 it highlights something like 50 points uh, uh, why antimicrobial resistance is such an issue. For example, that, and I mean, nobody's denying that 33,000 people die each year to antimicrobial resistance. So th this, is, uh, this is a point. Or, for example, they highlighted globally 93,000 tons of antimicrobials um, uh, are used in food producing animals in 2017. Globally, not within Europe. This is, however, completely. Um, uh, uh, forgetting how much work has already been done and the use of antimicrobials, especially in Europe, is much, much lower and is going steadily down. All right, right. So the, the frustrating thing, I think, is also if you see that I, I think uh, it, it, we are talking about the One Health approach, which would include participants from all different medical disciplines, including veterinary surgeons. However, it strikes me that this motion for a resolution to refuse or to reject the Delegated Act seems to have been, what shall I say, uh, uh, boiled out in despite of veterinary uh, knowledge and with very, very, if any, veterinary input at all. So once again, veterinary surgeons, and at the end of the day, our patients find themselves as sort of less important and uh, as second-class professionals, which I have to say, as a professional and practicing veterinary surgeon, I find it very disappointing, possibly actually very insulting. Well, it, it, yeah, it's it's uh, what, uh, in my view, what the envy proposed is a two health uh, is a is a two health initiative, and what the AMA proposed is a one health initiative. Indeed, uh, the AMA says very clear uh, when it comes to the classification that uh, when when we are looking at the substances, we always have to look for human and animal health. And um, the, um, the uh, motion of the envy is clearly um, with, um, there is the human health very much in, in, in the front and they, they are not really thinking on uh, what happens with the animals if some substances will not be available anymore. And the critical thing is I think many people don't understand that. Um, the problem is if we are putting through the WHO list for the highest critically important antibiotics, this was, would not only mean that you are not longer allowed to use these products, the marketing authorization would be removed. That's the problem. So the marketing authorization would be removed for all these substances. So there would be no longer any flushing alone be allowed for veterinary medicine. There would be no longer allowed any cephalosporin 3-4 for veterinary medicine, no longer be allowed macrolides, the polymyxines. They would be forbidden because the marketing authorization would be removed. And this brings me to the other point. Many people say, well, 
um, and, and, and because a marketing authorization is removed. This means the large animals are affected, but also the small animals are affected. There is no distinction between the two possible because we have the substances are forbidden to use them in, in veterinary medicine. And then there is something else. And um, I think this gets more and more clear. Um, the argument is uh, that we have, if we are treating single animals, this could be a derogation for that. But the problem is, if the substances are forbidden, well, they are forbidden if you're doing group treatment or single treatment. So in practice, there are no more products. The only possibility you would have is to take the products from human medicine. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's nonsense at all, isn't it? Well, it's not only from a practical point of view. I mean, we have said occasionally that we need in companion animal veterinary medicine medication which are which don't have a veterinary license. However, that goes by the cascade system. And I have to make a case for that first. But if I need this drug immediately, now, I can't have it on the shelf. I first need to get it approved. I first need to be allowed to get it. Then I can go out and can say, okay, where can I source it? But at that point, I might already have lost my patient. Hmm. Right. The, and the, and that, is, that is exactly the point we, we have. So uh, I think now we are coming um, to the to the really uh, point and uh, what what we are uh, trying to get out or to find out with the politicians um, because if if this all comes uh, through what what they intend to do now um, the question in the end is if there are no longer drugs to treat animals what does this mean do they really want in the end in 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 the worst case scenario that uh, pets or that animals are dying or have to be euthanized. Is that the consequence you really want to have? And um, I exactly that is uh, the point when I'm, I'm looking for the envy motion. I think the envy motion uh, is not really um, thought through because uh, um, um, this is in my view, one of the, uh, the, main, the main things um, they forgot uh, to look at when they were drafting the motion, because no vets were, uh, were involved in that drafting of the motion. There was no uh, animal protection um, uh, organization involved in that uh, motion. Uh, the only uh, who were involved were the human uh, doctors and some NGOs who were always against antibiotics for animals. So. Um, and that's why I'm saying this is a two health approach because um, they are not thinking the two together. Let's have a look at the practical sort of uh, uh, um, at the practical point what we as veterinary surgeons, but also as pet owners or as animal owners or animal keepers sort of can 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 do. Uh, the BPT has already started a signature campaign in Germany. I know that the uh, French association is uh, very active and is rallying their members. Um, veterinary surgeons all over Europe that are concerned about these issues. I think 
what can what else can they do to try to influence this important vote on the European Parliament in the middle of September? Well, the problem is uh, time is running. That's the first problem. Um, so what can you do within the next 14 days? It's almost nothing. Um, and um, uh, so and to 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 uh, let's say to influence a political decision, I think you have to start from the bottom. So first you have to 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 inform the wets. Um, then um, you have to inform uh, the media, the the public, and then in the end uh, there you you will see that the politicians are getting involved. And um, this is exactly what we did with our campaign. We first uh, tried to, to inform as, uh, as much as possible the German veterinarians on the campaign we, we, we start. Then uh, in the next step, we, we try to get involved uh, the press, the media. And uh, at the moment, it's really every day we have some interviews on, on that issue. And uh, um, almost every newspaper and also the uh, television uh, and radio is always something in about this issue. And um, now the pet owners are getting, yeah, they, they, they are discussing about it. Um, the horse owners, a very important, uh, a, a very important group, by the way, uh, are discussing about it. And uh, more and more the politicians are now discussing about it. So. We and reach. I think I think that that's where we where we need to butt in. Probably, mm -hmm. uh, it is at the end of the day. It will be a single majority vote in the middle of September in the European Parma Parliament on the 13th of September. I think what what really needs to be done here is that vets, but also animal owners that are concerned, rally their member of Parliament of the European right. Parliament to vote in the right di uh, direction and not to follow the refusal as suggested by the Envy Committee. It's as, as simple as that. But to follow the guidance of the EMA, of the FVE, of the OIE, of, of these organizations, which have, as you pointed out, spent a lot of time and have given a lot of thought to the initial delegated act. The problem is, uh, Wolfgang, uh, many, many um, people uh, even have no clue who the member of or their member of European Parliament is. Do you then know? Then you better yours? find out. <laughs> then you better yeah, find out. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. easy to find it out, yeah. and it's. I think uh, um, now it's it's a good time um, to to try to approach them because. The decision is ahead, and I think um, um, it's 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 already it's already a, a critical uh, decision because uh, some countries, as you said, brought it already up, and um, um, I think the members of European Parliament they really are looking for information on that issue, uh, and so if you try to get in contact with them, I think it's a good time now to try it, um, but also it's very worth. Um, to speak with the press and to get them involved, uh, that is another important thing to do. So uh, try to get in contact with your local press at least. Um, normally vets have good relations with the local press, 
um, and try to get them involved, try to get them informed about the consequences this would have. And, you know, it's, it's like what, 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 we, what we did so far is all this, what happened now in the European Parliament was more or less behind, going on behind the scenes. And probably those in the Envy Committee who are putting this forward or are pushing that motion, they hoped that everything is going on in the back. And now what we did is we brought it to the light, you know, and um, now it's, it's more or less an open debate. And the parliamentarians know, we can see it now in Germany, um, that if it comes out of, a, um, you know, antibiotic resistance was always an issue for specialists. And now with this campaign we did, we brought it out of the um, specialist. Uh, it's no longer a specialist issue. It's now a, an issue um, everybody who has an animal cares about. And yes. that is, and that is uh, the important thing. So if you get the animal owners involved in that, I think it's getting a, a far bigger issue uh, every politic politician should care about. The um, recommendation of the Envy Committee, um, the member responsible for this was uh, another a fellow German, Martin Häusling. Um, Not living have, far away from me here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Martin, um, uh, uh, we have approached Martin uh, uh, quite a while ago and have offered him to have a similar interview. Um, he uh, refused to be interviewed with the uh, explanation that he wouldn't give an interview in English. Um, I offered to hold, which is unusual for this format, to hold the uh, conversation in German. Uh, once again, he uh, refused to explain how his vision of the use of antimicrobials in the future for companion animals and for all animals would be. Uh, so, I mean, that's as much as, uh, as we can do. But I think the important thing is that uh, our colleagues, but also vet, uh, pet owners uh, and animal owners in general take action now to make sure that we are not losing the use of a lot of antibiotics. Heiko, I, I thank you so much. Just let me let's, let's yeah. say, because, uh, you know, we are um, now at the moment really in, in the fight also with Martin Häusling. I could really imagine that, uh, oh, my dog. <laughs> um, I could imagine that, um, that um, uh, he is a little bit, um, he, he doesn't, he doesn't know uh, what the small animal practitioners are doing with him. Uh, because he got so much pressure, pressure in the last in the last days uh, from the side of animal or pet owners, um, but uh, his problem is he always says uh, this regulation is only for large animals. It's not for small animals. There is an exemption, but that is exactly the point. It's not true, and that is the point. Probably he didn't want it to discuss with you. Well, I mean, it is, if you go on Martin Häusling's website, uh, I think a lot of uh, the ideas and intention he and also his party has are actually pretty much the same what, what, what we all want. It's just a question how to practically implement it. And I think, I mean, the, uh, the EMA and the FBE 
has given it a lot of thought and there is a clinically uh, and an evidence-based um, approach here. And uh, as you pointed out, the, uh, the alternatives might sound on paper possibly very good, but from a practical point of view, I think it would cause a lot of problems and possibly not the necessary thought has gone into it. And yeah, right. it's a shame that we couldn't discuss it. Well, that's the way it is. Heiko, thank you so much for taking yourself the time to speak to me. Um, if anyone would like to comment on this episode of Fekava Vet Chat, then, uh, or has ideas for future Vet Chats, please uh, do email us on vetchat at fikava.org or please uh, make use of our social media presence uh, or contact us uh, through on our website. Thank you very much and I hope to see or hear you all again uh, for another episode of Fikava Vetchat very soon. Mm -hmm.